It's the Sagabit Swinging Report Show. Get ready as we celebrate the year of the Sega console. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Sagabit Swinging Report Show. I'm Barry, with me is George. Hello. And joining us on a very special episode in which we'll discuss the Sega Dreamcast Classic Fantasy Star Online, we have Susan Arndt. Hello, Susan. Hello. And just to run through your credits, you are the managing editor at Joystick.com. You're also the former editor-in-chief for The Escapist and a former contributor to GameShark, Shoujo Beat Magazine, and Wired. Amongst others, Amongst yes. others. But uh, to list all those off would take up time from our next guest. We have James Milky. Founder of BitSummit, Japan's leading independent game development event held annually in Kyoto, Japan. He's also wow. a former producer at Q Entertainment and Q Games, working on Pixel Junk, Luminous, and Child of Eden. And he's the former editor-in-chief of OneUp.com and Electronic Gaming Monthly, also called EGM by the Cool Kids. Hello, James. Hello, and good morning wherever you are. Good morning. Oof, that, that wore me out. Uh, shall we, um, I guess before we get into things... I, I kind of want to just uh, have both of you maybe go into a little bit of what you do specifically, what uh, any maybe short stories you might have from the past uh, working as editor-in-chief and writers for various places, specifically any, like, saga stories you might have. And, uh, Susan, if you wanted to kick things off. <laughs> he ambushed you. He totally ambushed that you. Was a, that was a complete ambush, yeah. Um, I don't know that I have any... Uh, Sega story specifically, except uh, the one time that I, and this is relevant to this show, the one and only time I got to go to the Tokyo Game Show uh, was when they uh, had demos for uh, Fantasy Star Zero. Okay. And they were giving away little inflatable rappies. And I did not know this at the time. I was, it was a, I wasn't working the show. It was a complete fluke that I ended up there. Uh, and so I was just like, hey, I can I can go to Japan for two. Literally, I was there for 48 hours. Uh, and so I was just wandering around and I saw this giant rag rappy on on the booth. And it was like the mothership calling me home. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually playing Fantasy Star. <laughs> uh, as, as for it doesn't take much with me, honestly. Uh <laughs> As for what I do, I'm the managing editor of Joystick. Uh, my job is to make sure that the site runs on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's my job to make sure that the content keeps going and that it's up to our standards and to curate it for the audience to make sure they're happy. Awesome. It's a great site. Thank you. We try. If I say so. Uh, James, same question to you, if you, if you remember it. Um, first of all, I want to just sort of riff off of Susan's mention of Fantasy Star Zero, which I actually think between Fantasy Star Online and now, I think Fantasy Star Zero is actually the best Fantasy Star, most like PSO since PSO. Well, that game is seriously underrated. That, that was very much like a fantasy. I think it was a better Fantasy Star game than um, shoot, <laughs> Fantasy Star Universe was. That's just my opinion. Anyway, uh, Fantasy Star related editorial memory um i think the probably the best clearest uh memory that i have is when i was also at a tokyo game show and they first showed fantasy star online um 
it was on on Sega's huge display. It was the big cutscene with the dragon and all that stuff, and I was just mesmerized. I was like, I cannot. This is the future of gaming. I cannot wait to play this. This is going to be amazing. And interestingly, like when I first started playing Fantasy Star Online, like in single player, I was pretty underwhelmed. But once I actually got some people on board, then it just became everything I ever wanted. So that's that's my memory. Nice, nice. And uh, I should mention too that um, the person who brought you to uh, hooked us up with uh, your contact info is actually Fran Reyes of the um, former editor-in-chief of the official Xbox magazine and writer for official Dreamcast magazine. She actually joined us uh, about a year ago, around this time, for a ODCM retrospective. Nice. And um, did, did either of you play with her? I know one of you did, at least. I did. Um, I, it's been, what, over 12, 13 years now, so it's, yeah. it's hard to really uh, reach back. But I know we did... Play. That's why she knew that I was a big fantasy star fan in the first place. I wasn't in the industry yet. Oh well. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so cool. You weren't yeah. getting any insider stuff there. Nope. 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 I was. I was just a fan. Okay. Just a regular player. Well, um, would you guys want to describe some of your early online experiences with the Dreamcast? Um, not just with PSO, but maybe other games. And were you SegaNet subscribers? I guess yes. we could start with uh, Susan. Oh God, yeah. I thought that was well. The the, the thing was, I at the time I was living, um, my house was actually in a state park, and so which was great because you could look out your window in the morning and there would be deer in the backyard. And they'd be like, "Hey, what are you having for breakfast?" But the downside of that was uh, we could only have dial-up at our house for a very long time. But I was a subscriber to SegaNet and had the special SegaNet-branded keyboard, mm-hmm. which I thought was just baller. And I remember playing Quake. Uh, or I guess it was Quake. Was it Quake 2 or Quake 3 on, on, on Dreamcast? And I was like, oh, my God, that's another person. I, that's a person controlling that. Oh, my God. And I just... It, blew my mind because I, I was never a, a PC person. I was always a console person. So the idea that you could actually be playing with other people like across the country or across the world was just incredibly exciting to me. And Choo Choo Rocket was really, really great uh, to play online. And then with with Fantasy Star, that was my first real feeling of gaming as community. Because I did not know very many people who played video games. Um, I certainly didn't play video games with a lot of people. But then via Fantasy Star, you would have, uh, you know, you could send little emails to people. And then, you know, you, you, the, the, the precursor to their gamer tag and a friends list. <laughs> and then when they were online, you could say, hey, do you want to play together? And you would end up playing with, with the same people over and over again, and they, they were strangers, and you just all played together. And that was wondrous mm-hmm. to me, just this, this idea of, hey, you're over there and like, gosh knows where, and, and we just happened to be online at the same time when we played before, and, and now let's, play, let's go clear out the caves together. <laughs> and that's stuff we completely take for granted now. We yeah. take it utterly, utterly for granted. Like, there's going to be people listening to this who are like, that is so not a big deal. At the time, it was. It was mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. And it worked. Like, it worked. It was simple, and it worked, and it was elegant, and I just thought it was incredible. Yeah, I was 18 at the time, and I, I felt like I was doing something a little naughty just because it's so weird to be talking to people, 
you know, without your, like, your parents don't know what you're doing on PSO. Right, it's not like right. they're like, oh, let me check your PSO history, see what you've been chatting about. Right. And it's not like I was up to anything wrong, but it just, it just felt so strange to be, you know, at such a, I guess 18's not at such a young age, but young enough that I'm like, wow, I've got my own little internet set up here. I can chat with these people. And I remember I played, um, Alien Front Online, which had the voice support. Oh, yeah. And it was... I didn't play it much because I think it was a rental at the time, but it was it was a strange weekend. I had this uh, Southern guy who was, like, cussing me out. Um, it's really weird. <laughs> weird memories. But, uh, uh, James, how about yourself? Um, I do not remember being an actual Sega Net subscriber, but um, I, of course, did play... Uh, Fantasy Star Online, online via the the standard 56k modem and and later the broadband modem. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't. I, I don't know if, uh, if Susan, if you were saying that that was like your introduction to online gaming. I had, um, but I had had a little bit uh, of exposure to online gaming via like games like. Um, Starcraft and Diablo before then. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, g- online gaming was definitely in, in its infancy, but you know, at that time there were still PC games like uh, Quake and Unreal Tournament. Although mm-hmm. I never really got down with the PS, uh, uh, the first-person shooters, that is. Um, but with Fantasy Star Online, yeah, I, I also felt the same way. I was like, wow, this is amazing! Like, I'm logging on. There are other people there. We're chatting. We're emoting. We're doing all that fun stuff that was just super fascinating at the time. Um, and I remember, like, the, the 56K modem was, for the most part, really stable, at least for, yes. me, it, mm-hmm. at least yes. for me it was. Um, and, you know, only occasionally would I, you know, would the game lock up or, or I'd get booted out or would have people drop. But for the most part, like, I'd say 80% of the time it was really stable. And um, interestingly enough, when I got the broadband adapter... Um, it was not stable. It was very not stable. Oh, wow. I would get black screens of death all the time. And you know what that did to your character. That basically oh. wiped oh. your character. Oh, a moment of silence. <laughs> let's pour a, let's take a 40 for all of our homies who lost their characters. <laughs> I just felt that in my chest. I'm like, no. Oh, God. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the online, it's a shame that the Dreamcast didn't succeed in the way I'm sure Dreamcast fans would have liked it to because it really had everything. It had a great processor. It had a, had a pretty good, um, you know, medium, uh, delivery medium, like the GD-ROMs. They're, they were good. I mean, they should have just been straight-up DVDs, but, you know, it was still all right. And, um, I mean, that, that GD-ROM format is probably why they're still making, uh, you know, Dreamcast games to this day, but... Um, you know, and then it had the the four player, uh, four controller inputs in front. It had, um, you know, it had online connectivity in every unit. It wasn't a peripheral that you had to add on later. It was a fantastic machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and VMUs. PSO was a game that VMUs I were genius. Oh yeah. Huh? The VMUs. Oh yeah. Genius. And, and those were just cool. You know, like every game that. Uh, well, most games had their own specific icons that would show up in, you know, that little pixelated icon. It was super cool. So yeah, I loved I loved being online. It was uh, it definitely opened the door. I think it I think it uh, blazed new trails for the industry. 
George, how about yourself? Are we going to um, my early online experience? Kind of embarrassing. I mean, I was a kid, so the first thing I did, I remember, was like I had my friends over and we I got Sega Net and um, I was all Wait excited a about Define it. Kid. Define kid. Define kid. I was like, uh, it must have been sixth, eighth grade, ninth grade. I mean, uh, so we would uh, go on uh, the IRC chat and uh, and I guess. Talk to people. I th- we thought it was strange that we were talking to people like all across the world. That's the first thing I did the first day because I didn't have a game to play online. And then I remember uh, the first game I played online was probably NFL, one of the NFL games. I think NFL 2K1. Uh, and uh, that was pretty cool. I, I mean, the only thing that sucked was that I got Sega Net for uh, a keyboard, and uh, they it was long distance. I guess the Sega Net server thing or whatever. And oh. they ch- and they charged my family like one hundred and fifty dollars the first month because of a long oh. distance, so that was pretty they terrible. Had a talk with you then, huh? Yeah, yeah, I had a long talk, <laughs> but it was it was worth it. It was pretty fun. I mean, while that lasted, I had to go with a different provider after that. Yeah, but that's my first experiences with the Dreamcast online. It was my first online experience at home too. Yeah. Uh, George, how about the next? Uh, oh next yes. Uh, when did you first learn of uh, Phantasy Star Online, and were you in? The, what were your pre-release impressions? I guess we could go with James. Uh, so when did I first hear of it? Yeah. yeah. What were? Yeah. When did you first learn about Phantasy Star Online? Well, I I knew that Phantasy Star Online was coming because I used to read all the Japanese um, weekly magazines, not just Famitsu, but. Um, well, they also had magazines like uh, uh, Dreamcast Monthly. You know, SoftBank had a lot of publications that came out monthly. So I, I got to read about it ahead of time. And so um, before I even saw it at TGS, I was able to look at screenshots and sort of get, you know, really amped up for it. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And you basically, it looked like it was going to be a sci-fi Diablo um, in 3D in space. And that was pretty awesome to me. And when, like I said before, when I got to see it at TGS, it was just, that was the game that I wanted to play. That was like everything I needed my Dreamcast for. That was like a system seller for me. Um, The interesting thing is that um, being at EGM at the time, I I got to play um, preview builds. And some of these things were really, really buggy. So that was like a bad way to kind of experience your first dive into pso i mean on the one hand it's great because you're playing it before the rest of the world on the other hand it kind of sucks because you're playing this like alpha level really janky um uh build of a game that's pretty much a pioneer in the online gaming space but you know we could still get a taste of of what it was like i remember my impression playing single player because there was they did not adjust the game for single player at all. There was no tuning involved for the single player. Single player was pretty much the multiplayer game minus three friends, and that sucks because yeah. you're trying to like compensate, you know. So it was a really brutal experience. Um, but then, you know, once um, and at the time we didn't really have servers up and running, so we couldn't really play uh, multiplayer you know, within our own office. If we wanted to do multiplayer, we'd have to go over to Sega or something. And um, that was just a little bit difficult at the time. But it was still really cool. Susan? 
Oh, I, uh, well, I was obsessed with the Dreamcast. So I, every possible shred of information that I could possibly get my hands on, uh, I read about it. I read about it in, there was this magazine, I don't know if you know it, EGM. <laughs> uh, it was a little, it was a little thing. It was kind of a niche thing. Uh, I read that. I was all over one up all the time. Um, God bless you. <laughs> one up isn't directly responsible for me having the job I currently have. Awesome. Uh, yes. You take full uh, credit. <laughs> um, official Dreamcast magazine, you know, the whole bit. And the thing was, when I was originally looking for uh, games for, for Dreamcast, this is, this is, again, back before I was in the industry and when it was, like, making seriously difficult financial decisions about which game to get. And then I ended up deciding that I couldn't and I just got a second job to pay for everything. But I wanted... Uh, an RPG. There was there was Soul Calibur and there was Sonic and there was a whole bunch of you know there was Shoot Rocket and there was there was there were fighting games and racing games and a lot of arcadey stuff. But I really wanted an RPG. And so when I learned about now I had never played Diablo. Mm. Um, was never a PC gamer. Uh, so. When this was explained to me, oh, it's like Diablo in space. I'm like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't actually mean anything to me. It should uh, mean everything, everything. <laughs> now it does, but at the time it it didn't. Um, so, but it, it was really really colorful, and I had never seen anything that looked quite like it, and uh, that piqued my interest. And then it was like it's Diablo in space, and it's multiplayer, and that meant that I could. I could play it with other people, and that was all. That seemed very appealing to me, so I was like, "Okay, I'm in. Great, nice." Yeah, I think my uh, I, it was the official Dreamcast magazine's uh, uh, demo disc that had a uh, trailer for it. That was my first. Oh uh, my god! And that music, oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure that was the same one they showed at Tokyo Game Show because it. Um, I, I don't even think they they might not have even translated it. Sometimes they just sent the Japanese trailers raw, they wouldn't go to any effort of localizing them. But, um, yeah. Hmm. I have all my old uh, Dreamcast magazines. I'll have to dig it out. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that um, uh, Fran never got to publish her review of PSO. Oh, did it close? It closed before PSO's uh, PSO review could come out. Oh, I know so that feel. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I asked her, I was like, do you have the files? She's like, no, they're long gone, but I probably gave it a 9 or a 10, so... Yeah. Okay, then we can stay friends. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, I have to be the negative one on this one, right? With the impressions? Oh, go for it, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're that guy. Uh, I, I, when, it was, when I first read about it, I was pretty angry that it wasn't an RPG like the older ones were, so I was like, this is going to suck, Sega's going to ruin You're everything. You're that Baldur's Gate guy, aren't you? Sort of, I guess I was. And then like, uh, when, I, and then when <laughs> I played the demo disc, when it came with, like, I think it came with Sonic Adventure 2, I was like, no, nah, I was wrong, this is pretty good, I'm going to shut up about it now, I'm never going to talk negatively about this game again. And <laughs> uh, No, uh, so I was wrong, that's probably one of the times I was really wrong about a game. And, uh, yeah, I don't miss it. I think it's a great side franchise. I mean, I wasn't into Universe that much, but Phantasy Star well, Online was really, really well done. about Universe. Okay, so you ha- the single player, the offline part, sucked. I think we can all just completely yeah. agree that yeah, that yes. part just completely sucked. But if you played it long enough to unlock enough of the online part, then you could just ignore the offline part and then just 
And then it was kind of like PSO. It was very, very reminiscent of it. And it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, that was the cool thing about, like, the game having, um, you know, I mean, it sort of opened itself up to hacking because of this. But because your offline character was the same as your online character... I guess, which was also the reason why your character got nuked if you got the black screen of death. Right. But um, because you could progress much farther and much faster in the online uh, play, you know, you could actually take your totally pimped out character back into single player and just murder the single player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I did that during a live stream uh, a few years ago and people got bored. They were like, play something else. And I'm like, this is PSO. And they're like, yeah, but it's offline. And you're just mowing everyone down. There's no, there's not interesting to watch. It's also not interesting to watch somebody like shooting, uh, shooting a whatever, shoot whatever their names are, Goombas, right? Oh yeah, like fifty times in the back to like try and get them to go down. Yeah, I still hear the the screams they make. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's a here's a confession. Like when I think, I think are... you mean Boomas. Oh, is it Boomas? Yeah, Boomas, Giga don't Boomas. They have, don't they have Goombas in there? Yeah, I know it's like a derogatory Italian. Uh, uh, go Booma. Go Booma. Go Booma. And okay. then Giga Booma. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Which is the stupidest name pretty much ever. Yeah. I was actually uh, noting to George that they have Wolf right below it in the strategy guide. There's Go Booma <laughs> and then there's Wolf. It's a Wolf. They <laughs> yeah. gave up on Wolf. Yeah. Back when we, uh, we were, I actually was on the review for that game uh, at EGM, and I gave the first PSO, don't hold this against me, but I gave the first PSO a 7 out of 10 because um, online gaming was not really a thing. You know, nowadays they release games that are primarily online. You know, like a, mm-hmm. a game like Destiny, is, it has to be connected online, and, it's, and it's, it relies pretty much on multiplayer. But at the time, it was not... Um, you know, I basically weighed the single player as heavily as I did the multiplayer. Multiplayer was usually the add-on. Mm. Single player was the... the I, now, I didn't have a problem with the fact that it wasn't like a straight-up first-person RPG or something like that because I, I wasn't a huge old-school fantasy star fan uh, to the point that I would be upset about the online nature of this game, but I did give it a 7. And all the guys on EGM gave me so much shit about that because... Oops, is that... No, you can go no, for you it. Curse it's family matter. friendly. Podcast. No, it's not family um, friendly. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, but when you know the episode one and two plus came out with all the improvements that that came with it, like the added uh, stages and stuff, um, I gave that. I'm pretty sure I gave it like something like a nine point five or ten out of ten because that made a huge difference to me. Oh, wow. But yeah, initially, you know. We used the whole spectrum of the of the review scale, so a seven technically was actually quite good. But I felt like you know just the fact that that horrible single player experience was the, was there, it, it was such a buzzkill. Well, yeah. here's okay, here's the thing, you're not wrong. The camera was janky. It's like the worst camera in the entire world. <laughs> I would have killed somebody for a lock on. Oh my god, the camera is it's just it's the worst, and they're really isn't much to the game. There's three areas. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, the forest, the caves, the mines. And then that's it. I mean, you, you beat the game and you're going back. You, okay, now you're just going to do it on hard. There was not a lot of substance there. There was a story. It was very, very sparse. Uh, you know, you could miss it entirely if you didn't read the little beacons. 
But I loved playing it solo. That was what really made me fall in love with it was, and this is because other MMOs, like, you know, people, my friends wanted me to try EverQuest and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to be forced to play with other people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to, and, and you could you could completely solo PSO, and I did often, and I loved it. I I. I I completely understand why other people wouldn't find that a rewarding experience because it is extremely repetitious. Oh my God, it's repetitious. Um, but I, oh God, it just pushed all the right buttons for me. I loved it. I, I also loved getting to play with other people, but that was more often if I was playing online, it was because you got boosted experience and better loot. And there was some loot you could only get by playing online. So I would just I would I would create a room and lock it down to one person and you could only get into it if you if I invited you and that was never going to happen <laughs> and then I would just solo the game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Dan Shu, um, EGM's Dan Shu gave me a hard time. He was like, you know, James, for someone who gave the game a seven, you sure you sure are playing PSO a lot. And I was like, it's not like there's not there's nothing here that you know, to salvage the game, there are really good parts about this game. It's just that, you know, as, as, as you said, Susan, there's a lot of stuff that was super jank and delicious, and, you know, I couldn't look past that, you know, but they did make good on the potential after a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the modern analog is Destiny. Yeah. I mean, you know, Destiny, as is, right this moment, is fine. Lacking. It's, it's fine. It's fine lacking. Yeah. Like, it's lacking fine. a year from now... Yeah, that's going to be super baller. That's what I've been telling people. I was like, I was yeah. just wait a year from now when this fills in, when it, when they fill in all the stuff and they've got yep. all these things to do, it's going to be incredible. Right now, it's just like they laid the groundwork. They did exactly. that stuff. Exactly. And so, like, I, I, I don't think your seven is off point at all for that exact <laughs> I feel reason. so vindicated. Hey, EGM guys, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel so vindicated. Nice. Um, uh, my next question was going to be: uh, Every Fantasy Star Online player has their own stories. What was your memorable Fantasy Star Online moments, and who did you p- regularly play with? And were you guys part of any dedicated groups? Susan, you go. Well, I mean, I just, I just said I, I tended to solo all the time, so no, I was not uh, part of any dedicated groups or anything like that. Um, the one thing that I, I, I really loved about there's a lot that I loved about Fantasy Star, honestly. Um, there was like, cause uh, it was a persistent world, and what they would do is they would do up the lobby uh, to rep- to yeah. reflect mm-hmm. here, and there would be special missions that you could get, and there was a special Valentine's mission to get chocolate, and <laughs> so you would you would go and and it didn't do anything, but it was, and my boyfriend also uh, played Fantasy Star at the time, so you know I would. I would, here's chocolate for you. It's Valentine's chocolate. Ah! You know, and I just thought that was goofy. Um, but the thing I, I, the the one thing that always comes to mind when I think about Fantasy Star, it was relatively early on when I was playing, and I got a rare drop, rare-ish. It wasn't even super rare, but it was rare-ish. It was a master ability. Um, so for, for those who don't remember... Uh, you had slots in your armor, and you could put different things into it, and it would, you know, raise your health or, you know, whatever, or make you, you know, you would regenerate TP as you walked or what have you. And a master ability raised all of your stats 10 points. Mm-hmm. 
it was a killer piece of equipment. And the entire rest of the time I played, which was hundreds of hours after that, I never saw another one. Wow. And so I kept that thing. I loved it. I never got rid of it. I freaking loved that thing. It was in, it is wherever that memory card is up in Pennsylvania somewhere. (laughs) That, that master ability is still slotted into my armor. Oh, wow. Nice. (laughs) How about yourself, James? Um, So my, my most memorable um, event that, or thing that happened to me while playing PSO. This is when this was after PSO episode one and two plus came out for GameCube. Um, am I allowed to mention the GameCube? Oh one yeah, here? go for it. Okay, so you know the Dreamcast uh, version had, I guess you know the people weren't as play- weren't playing online as much and stuff, and I was just definitely not giving any time to that Xbox one because at that time that all was on thing. Or having to have and uh, having to play it online and not being able to play single player without being logged on online, I was just like totally against that. I could not handle it, so I was like Xbox version, just GTFO, just no. So I played. The, so I played the GameCube version, and um, me too. Episode one and two plus was actually quite good. Even even with all of its faults, the single player was still a lot more fun. It was a lot more diverse, and I put a lot of time into that, in, into single player or and online. Um, I think I had something like eighty or ninety hours uh, logged on the GameCube version, and I remember going home from San Francisco to New York uh, one one holiday season, and I was playing. PSO in my uh, bedroom, and then it was dinner time. I felt, you know, here I am, like a probably like a 32 year old man playing Fantasy Star Online in his bedroom at home at his parents' house. But it was dinner time, and so I went to dinner, and and so I I uh, quit out of the game, saved, turned it off, went to eat dinner, and then after I went to eat, after I finished dinner, I went back to PSO. I turned it on. My character was gone. <gasps> totally gone. Like black screen of death gone, right? No. And this was single player. No. Single player. I was like freaking out. I was I restarted the thing, pulled the, the memory card up, put it back in, just whatever. I thought maybe it was a glitch. I turned my character was gone. I can't not tell you how demoralized I was. Anyway, I was like, I'm gonna have words with somebody. So I when I went back to San Francisco. I uh, sent an email to whoever my homeboy was at Sega. I was like, look, before I go public with this rant, <laughs> I, I need to tell you that I just lost my, my PSO character on GameCube playing offline. With I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't even, I didn't even have a phone line connected to my GameCube. Every, it was all offline. And, and my character's gone. Dude, how can you do that? That's like... You know, it's like, if it happens to me, it's going to happen to other people. That's just, like, not cool. And they're like, oh, okay, um, tell you what. Make a new character on a, on a memory card and, and give me the memory card, and I'll have the team bump them up for you, right? Oh, wow. So my favorite thing when I'm playing any kind of MMO, whether it's fantasy, Final Fantasy Eleven, you know, Monster Hunter, whatever, my favorite part is the character creation thing because this is the realization. This is my avatar. This is the thing that I'm going to be investing in for the next however many hundreds of hours. So this is my favorite part. 
you know, picking from all the cool options to customize your hair, your color, what type of uh, character class you want to be. So I was, I was not, after all that um, distress, I was not going to create one character. I created two, two memory cards full of characters, which was basically, what is it? How many characters could you have on a memory card? Like it was either eight or four or eight, but I think it was eight. Hmm. So what I did was I gave Sega two memory cards with 16 pre-made <laughs> characters on them, all level one. Now they said that at first they were just gonna they said they were just gonna max me all out and 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 just you know so it would totally make up for my loss. And but then they came back to me and said, look, so it's very rare to see a level 200 player going around, and we don't want people to think that you hacked. Uh, your character. So how about if we just make your character... And re remember, my character at this point was probably like level 60 or 70. Hmm. Um, so they're like, is it cool if we make your characters only, you know, all 16 of them, if we make them just like a level 150? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, so at a level 150, I don't know if you ever got that high, but that's basically God mode. You can go on to the hardest setting of Fantasy Star Online, you know, where the graphics change completely to, like, a different time of day and, and look completely new. You just go through there and you just red box the world because you're just mowing everything down. So <laughs> at that point, I still have that memory card, and I am almost petrified to ever use the memory card. <laughs> that black screen of death. That's an awesome story. <laughs> but I've got 16 level 150 characters. Oh, my wow. God. And I didn't earn any of them. Wow. And this is the first time you've told people? Yep. Wow. Exclusive. Breaking wow. news. James cheated. On, he got Sega, Sega to bump his character Sega up. cheated. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm sure they had Yuji Naka do it himself. I was a victim. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. With episode two, I didn't love it. I mean, I enjoyed it because it was more PSO, but I did not like the maps nearly as much. Especially really? there was that one map where you ended up in the, and again, let, we need to mention the janky camera. Mm -hmm. And you would end up in these really narrow hallways. And, and so something would be just beating the crap out of you and you wouldn't be able to see it because which, of the which, really horrible camera. Not those, not those outdoor ruins, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That camera was effed up in that area. Oh, it was terrible. It was like, like the camera was better. <laughs> But because it was just such a narrow space, it, it, well, it was... So, I mean, I played it, and I beat it, and I played it, and I beat it. But I ended up going back to episode one more often than not. And this mm -hmm. is when the 1-2-plus the was out. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I enjoyed those maps more, and I liked the spaces more. Well, that's the lovely thing about having choice. It's like, at least it's there. Yeah. If you, if you want to punish yourself and deal with those camera angles. But if you don't want to, the other content is there. Yeah. It's nice having choice. Besides, it was also a, a more it was more stable mm. that build, and mm. I think they added a lot more um, unique stuff, and they added cool stuff like those like uh, the mini games, like the um, Knights downloadable mini game that you could download to your GBA, and they had more mag types. That's true. That's very true. So I'm a fan of more, even if it's not always better more. Well, especially if it's if it's customizable more. Like, mm -hmm. oh my god, I had all my Maggies. I love. What's your them. favorite kind of more? 
my personal favorite kind of more. Yeah. I love costumes. Oh my God. Give me a co- Here's one of the things I love about, I know that Final Fantasy 13 2 is it's a controversial game. I get that. I don't care because I can put hats on chickens. In thirteen two, or are you talking about Lightning Returns? No, in thirteen two, you can put you hats, can put on, hats chickens. on chickens. Yes. Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Yeah. You got to change your review. Yeah. You can have, <laughs> you can have a complete because you keep you collect monsters as you go, and you have this backup team of monsters. And a a you can have a team entirely of chocobos. B the chocobos come in different colors and do different things based on the color. C you can put hats on them. Wow, I heard that thirteen two was was much better than the first one, but it, I didn't know that they started that whole dress up thing until I thought they started it with Lightning Returns. Yeah, totally it's separate podcast, but uh, yeah, but interesting. Good okay. to know. Yeah, George, did you have any uh, little uh, quick stories to share? Uh, I mostly played Phantasy Star actually offline. I would play it usually when I was listening to the radio before I would go to bed every night, but. Uh, I used to go to my cousin's house because that was the only place I could play online without people complaining that the phone line was being taken over. <laughs> and uh, he had a Dreamcast. I had a Dreamcast. He had the same game. So his next-door neighbor was his grandma. So what we would do, we would run a huge for, fo, uh, phone line to her house. Oh, my God. And we would both play online. And I remember this, I remember this one time I stayed there the summer because I wanted to play. And his uh, mom was all yelling at him. She's like, Get, he's like, you need to get a job, not play this game. It's like, and then he's like, he's trying to explain to his mom, but mom, this game never finishes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, this is not going to turn out well for you. That's not a good defense. That's no. not a good defense at all. That's what I was trying to explain to him. But he's like, no, nah, she'll, she'll understand. I'm like, she won't understand that you're addicted to this game. <laughs> Ever. Mom, there's no save points. I can't stop. I can't go and do anything. That's the yeah. best excuse. I can't stop. Or you just say there's a save point coming up, and then they realize there is no save point. Ever. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just add a, a quick story. I uh, played online almost exclusively, so none of my offline stuff is really unlocked, which is a shame. But um, I, I played with a good friend of mine who actually lived an hour away, so we would uh, coordinate on that. And we both joined a popular group called LPSO, which was for legit players who uh, – this was like <laughs> – at the height of when cheating was really big, and so like oh, yeah. LPSO, I still have a few really low quality uh, uh, GIF files of their logo on my computer. Wow. But um, yeah, we they would just say you know like we all meet in the lobby, and then you can just go off with whoever and, and play. Um, and it was an awesome group, you know. And and sometimes there were some people who joined. They're like, listen, I'm legit, but if you guys want any hacked items, I can get them for you. And I'm like, well, that kind of breaks the code, but whatever, I'll take them. Um, oh no! You used hacked items. Well, the, here's the thing: I had one, oh. and then when we heard Sega was cracking down, my friend and I were like, "We're gonna go out and we're gonna use them for an hour, and then we're gonna delete them." And I'm like, "All right, let's do it." And so we we played, and then we dropped them, and then we logged out, and we're like, "All right, we're clean." You know, it's like we hit a body or something. Um, but uh, another funny thing we did was we played with this um, Brazilian guy named Lion who never spoke. I don't know <laughs> if he had a keyboard. He would only say, okay, let's go, and let's fight. Right. Uh, one day he stopped moving, and we were like, Lion, are you okay? And he goes, baby crying. And we are like, oh, okay. And he's like, baby fed, let's go. And they just started running off and killing things. So that was, uh, Father that was of a, the year. a fond memory. Feeding the baby and then continuing to play PSO. I hope um, he's listening. Yeah, me too, Lion. I'm sure he's just <laughs> nodding in approval, baby fed. 
Uh, Maybe now in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, uh, actually, speaking of communication, uh, and uh, we spoke of this before the show started, um, Fantasy Star Online, one of their big important aspects was you were able to play and communicate with people from all over the world. Um, I guess this would apply mainly to uh, James, but did you find Symbol Chat and Word Select to be effective and innovative tools uh, for the time? It was awesome. I mean, I'm a serial emoji abuser. Yeah. So, you know, this was, I think that actually probably started it. That was that was the start of it. Being able to communicate to people through smiley faces, frowny faces, um, dancing emotes. I mean, that was just a great method of communication because, to be honest, it's like um, I'm only slightly more sociable than Susan probably in the past when it comes to playing online games. I don't really love having to rely on other people, and I even less appreciate having to communicate with them steadily. So being able to kind of randomly pop up with a little burst of smiley faces. And remember, they had sound effects, too. Um, being able to, like, just hit the L trigger and then hit a face button and have and communicate all the happiness in the world through a bunch <laughs> of giggling smiley faces, that was beautiful. You know, because who wants to sit there and type? Later yeah. on, when I started playing stuff like Final Fantasy XI, you know, where there's so much typing going on, and uh, it's just like, I don't want to hear your drama. I don't want to know about your elite gear or your e-penis i just want to like say like okay we ready to go cool you know I, i'm i was i was probably i was probably your friend from brazil oh <laughs> nice yeah i still remember the sounds that those smileys made there was the yahoo and then there was yeah, the, yeah. the grumble the <laughs> yeah those were super cool yeah uh, did you ever yeah. animate them like make two that were slightly similar and then switch between them uh no i did not i don't i don't remember doing so yeah, It'll come up in a little chat bubble. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. We'd make little Dreamcasts. We'd make Sonic characters. We'd make ourselves in trouble. You know, <laughs> you know what was really cool about that whole system, though, and I wish that more um, MMOs had implemented something like that system is that it really dropped the barrier between Japanese and Western players. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah uh, true. Because you know, having played a lot of. Uh, uh, FF11 and FF14 with Japanese players, you know, it it it's very difficult unless they have, like, a translate system in place. And the symbol chat kind of made that all irrelevant. It was just like, hey, a smiley face is cool, so we're cool, right? And, you know, people would... It just, it just broadened the audience. And I can tell you, like, the, the best times I had playing F... Uh, PSO, sorry... <laughs> Uh, best times I had playing PSO were probably with Japanese players. They were just very, very cool, very generous. They were very happy to show, you know, to, to jump in and help me with a really difficult boss. And, like, you know, not only did they um, help me, but more often than not, they would just start start dropping red boxes, like, that they had in their inventory. Like, hey, have some of this stuff. And I was oh, like, man. what? Yeah. You know? And yeah. I always had a I always had a shortcut, you know, emoji for that. Trust me. So yeah, I think that was one of the great things about PSO was the global community. Yeah, yeah. Susan, did you have any thoughts on the communication? Uh, not good ones. <laughs> oh. uh, no, I, I think I, I I agree with everything that was that was just said. It was uh, because, and again, this is stuff that people completely take for granted now. Um, but at the time, you know, not everybody had a keyboard. Uh, there wasn't anything as voice chat. So having 
that stuff where you could have a, a conversation with people. You could communicate without it all, you know, becoming comments about your mom. Uh, it was great. It was was really, really great. Um, I just, I, I remembered sitting, as we were talking, I remembered sitting in a lobby, and that was my first experience with being sexually harassed uh. in an online space. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I just want to go shoot stuff. What is wrong with you? Yeah. But it was, you know, but 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 by and large, the, the game really did make an effort to make it easy for people who could not communicate otherwise to be able to, to group up and have a good time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very, very much ahead of its time with regard to that. Most definitely. Uh, George, you actually had something about Diablo. Oh, yes. Um Yuji Naka said that Diablo was this, the main, the major inspiration for the game. Uh, do you guys see the Diablo similarities, and oh, what, how do you it's think Diablo it compares? In space. It's Diablo in it's space. Probably. There you go. It's Animate Diablo. Diablo in space. Yeah. Shoot stuff, get loot, done. Yeah, it totally is. It's like a total pinata game. You know, bust open the enemies and see what prizes and riches they afford you. Was Diablo two already totally? Was Diablo two already out when this game came out? Oh yeah, yeah. Diablo okay. two had been out for 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 a while. That was late. Um, that was late nineties, mm-hmm. mid late nineties, and PSO was uh, was it like two thousand and one, right? So yeah, it had been. Um, but it was it was great. It had like the the closed off zones, had a set amount of enemies inside, yep. um, and every time you you, sh- you know. You know it was like Diablo because you basically ran certain zones to get to certain bosses in the hopes that he dropped the best stuff because yep. he was known for that. You know, <laughs> so I, I would say yes, it's very much Diablo in space. Oh yeah, I, I, although I did uh, and I enjoyed PSO's aesthetic much more than the heavy metal cock rock uh, aesthetic of Diablo. With, you know, blood and blood and death and blood and blood. Instead, it's like, oh, it's space. And no. mm. So uh, I think that's why uh, I, I took to it much more. I mean, I've since gotten into Diablo because, of course, I have. Um, but, yeah. uh, but, but PSO just had such a wonderful, like, because, you know, Diablo is all, it's underground and, and, it's, and it's dark, dark. And, and, and that. And then this is Satan. all death <laughs> open bright colors and the music is very sort of uplifting and uh also gave you pets yeah i do had pet. a pet yeah and he would grow he was like a tamagotchi yeah that would unleash huge attacks for you with dolphins it would or, elk. or conjoined twins okay the twins were kind of useless yeah they were kind of uh... yeah i always went for the elk that one was awesome. Yeah. So basically, so the PSO mag was your own personal Patronus. That's what I was going to say. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I've never thought of it that way, but that's so true! I just I just blew your mind. Like, oh my god, that's awesome. Tim and Eric gift. Yeah. Nice. I think it's time to make a Harry Potter uh, uh, PSO character and equip the elk. That's what I'm saying. i play the crap out of that. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make that paid DLC. It'll, it'll happen. Uh, speaking of the music, actually, too, the... Uh, uh, it's not on our list of topics, but it's definitely an important part to PSO. It has a fantastic soundtrack. Um, how, how did you guys feel when you first entered Forest One? Because I know that has a really memorable tune that really welcomes you into the world. Do you, do you guys recall that moment? Yeah. 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 Susan, you want to go? 
I, I don't remember it specifically. Um, I just, for me, it was, it, I had never experienced anything like that before. It felt so incredibly modern. Like, it really felt like I was using a piece of technology from the future. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like this is why I got into video games. It was just that kind of wonderful aesthetic and and the visuals and all of that. It just all felt incredibly important and modern to me. Mm -hmm. And James would know uh, the technical term maybe for this, but the the music, it wouldn't transition seamlessly, correct? Uh, I'm sure it would. in what context do you mean? Uh, when the enemies would come on, I remember it would go. And then when they die, it goes back to the, the more calming music. It's uh, I, I just remember that being. Yeah, I don't think it was. Um, I don't remember if it was reactive. I, I'd have, I'd actually have to sit back and 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 go play and like really pay attention. But that, you know, the music that was playing when you were in the. Um, the hub world and then when you went down to the first area you know it was to me it was like really trippy it was it was very unlike most game music at the time it was very spaced out it was um it was almost a little bit like progressive rock it was just it was just very trippy had lots of like you know crystal clear twinkly sounds um clear is a really good adjective for it yeah it was very very clear it had a sense it had a sort of distorted melody you know and that was aside from the fact that the first you know the the first level and then the hub world was where you spent most of your time initially um yeah i mean i i don't know if i would put it on at home yeah to listen to but i think it's one of the most memorable soundtracks probably just because i hammered myself with it for, <laughs> for months and months and months but you know you play enough of anything you're going to get used to it uh, I also was wondering, do you do you two have any memories of the story? Because I'll be honest, like, gone to my head, I pr- could probably not tell you the story of <laughs> PSO. The um, Red Ring Rico stuff? That's I, about I all I know. Like, does I she thought die? It was, I remember? thought it was really... I don't know if it was, like, poor localization, yeah. but if you didn't have experience with previous Fantasy Star games, and I had light experience with them, but most of the time I was playing in Japanese and not the English versions, weirdly enough. So I didn't have a real solid understanding of the lore. I mean, like a lot of the guys on EGM, like Mark McDonald, they had a, they saw where those things tied in better. So they were able to better appreciate when a, uh, an enemy would pop up. I mean, the Rappies are the obvious one, right? That ties yeah. back very clearly to old PSOs. But the more subtle hints and clues and things that you found around the world. Um, people who had a real appreciation for the old fantasy star games would, would really enjoy that. But I think that's where the game's flaw is, is that it assumed that people playing this would have had some experience with the past games. And those games were like, you know, much, much older than PSO, you know, like, um, you know, on the uh, Mega Drive or Master System. Yeah, um, a whole generation and- apart. Yeah, so I, I thought I thought Sega t- could have done a better job contextualizing it. It was more like, oh, if you're in the know, you're really going to get off on this. But if you don't, well, just kind of go with it. Red Ring Rico, Red Ring Rico. Yeah, President's Daughter, and then she flies out at the end, but I don't know if it was her spirit or she just had to, like, fall after she flew out of the uh, Dark Fowls. I, I still don't know what happened. Yeah, I have a figurine of her, but 
I don't know much about her. <laughs> Susan, how about you? I it actually took me a bunch of playthroughs to put much of the story together because mo- the the vast majority of the story is told via these beacons that you find uh, in the maps. And it's not like they're hidden or anything. But most of the time, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I need, I am here to kill things and collect fat loots. And I would like miss some, or I would, you know, I would do them maybe not in the right order. And so I wasn't really piecing together what had happened. Uh, when I finally figured out that she is either absorbed by Dark Falls or, or becomes Dark Falls, spoiler, yeah. uh, then I was just like, <gasps> and then, you know, and you kill him and then the ring drops. Yeah. Like, I did not pick up on the significance of that. I was probably playing that game for a good year before I'm like, the ring, <gasps> the ring, <laughs> but that, oh my God. And, you know, <laughs> Uh, it's, I appreciate the effort at storytelling in a way that, uh, other RPGs did not, which was club you over the head with lots and lots of lots of text and, and, and walls of text that prevented you from getting to the part of the game that you wanted to play. So I, I appreciate, and, and I mean, now, now it's a kind of storytelling that is actually very, very common, you know, Bioshock Mm -hmm. and, and the audio diaries come to mind, um, so I, I appreciated it, but I didn't entirely grok it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, trolling other players online. I'd stop, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm following the storyline, guys. And everyone would go, L-O-L-O-L-O. <laughs> We'd all laugh about it. But, uh, oh, well. <laughs> you want me to ask the next yeah, question? There wasn't... Oh, sorry. No, there, there wasn't really, like, a lot of exposition in that game. I mean, you... You, it was pretty Jap- classically Japanese in that you go talk to an NPC, they'd have one canned line of repeating dialogue if you just hit A near them over and over and over and over and over again. But, uh, yeah, I, I just thought that they could have done a little bit more to contextualize the, the game, especially for new newcomers. And the, uh, the leader, too, he was the principal, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah. my friend and I, we made up a fake story where we were high school students, and he was our, <laughs> our principal, and he was... It, it was kind of like uh, Fantasy Star, the college, the high school years or something like that, like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Find my daughter, you damn kids. So. Yeah, you didn't seem to have much of an idea of what was going on. It was no. really weirdly worded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you saying, George? Should I ask the next question? Because I think we kind of covered it, but I could ask yeah, we... it anyway. Why don't you ask it just in case anyone else has any other bits? Okay, Fantasy Star Online was a very different approach to the series. There were elements of the original game that you missed in, uh, were there any original elements of the Mega Drive RPGs that you missed in the game and uh, do you think it that uh, your perceptions of the original series hurt the Fantasy Star Online well you guys didn't I play the original play. series right no I, 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 ha- I have the collection on a, a GBA cartridge I have never gotten the opportunity to play it mm. all I know is PSO has Rag Rappies <laughs> which I other- love deeply and and so if other I'm sure there are other other elements from the other games uh, that I would also enjoy, but in my opinion, it brought over the most important one. James. Are you a fan of the blue rappy? Oh heck yeah! Oh <laughs> yeah! And then I I would I would focus on that mother, and I would be like, uh, "Go ahead, bitch, get up! I know you're not dead. I'm gonna <laughs> kill you, and I'm gonna take your feather, and then I'm gonna go on with my day." <laughs> 
Yeah, I wanted to pop those blue wrappies open something bad. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I, I did. I don't have any real. The the original Fantasy Star series didn't really impact my enjoyment or or otherwise of of Fantasy Star Online because I wasn't as knowledgeable in the series as uh, a lot of people were. I think the only thing I would have wanted is if they stuck with the with the art style. The the well, not the Mega Drive art style because that's pixel, but like their uh, what do they call it artwork for the game. Oh, right. Uh, the character artwork. I wish they would have stuck with that kind of style, which is like 80s sci-fi anime, instead of going with this like newer, like spikier hair anime. But, I mean, that's just me being nitpicky. Yeah. I think it was actually, to be honest, like a matter of polygons. Yeah, most likely, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm looking at the original art, and it's, it's, it's definitely unique. It's not uh, too over-the-top. But it it definitely looks like they were trying to fall in line with what the Dreamcast was capable of, too, just in terms of the designs and hairstyles and things like that. Um, I, I did want to briefly touch on, we mentioned all the different versions. Um, uh, did either of you buy Fantasy Star Online version 2? And if you did, did you think it was a satisfying purchase, given it was released less than nine months after the original? Uh, I guess we could go with Susan first. Uh Episode two, or uh, you mean the one that, just, that was slightly up? Version oh, yeah. two. Oh, I bought. I bought. Yes, I bought it every single time. Yeah. I have bought to date every single version of Fantasy Star Online that there is. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Edit. Uh, yeah, I just like. Oh, you mean it's been improved slightly, and it has like one extra mission in it? Yeah. Okay, I'll buy it. Here, take my money. Like that's. <laughs> That is how much I loved this game and, and the enjoyment I got out of it. Um, it. It was an improved version, a slightly improved version. If a, if someone had not purchased it previously, then then that was the one to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, did, did a normal person need to go out and get it if they already had the first one? No! I am not normal. <laughs> well, if you wanted to play the new areas, you would with well, yeah. other people. Yeah. What were your favorite additions? There was a there was a um, there was a mission based on uh, oh god what is the game? It was a Sega game. It was an import game Burning where you Rangers? were. That's it. Yep. There you go. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And then I would sing along with it. That was a Burning sweet mission. Go. Rangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like see, this is what I'm saying. I'm easy. You just I'm a simple girl. Little <laughs> things like that, and I'll be like, yes, take my money. <laughs> How about yourself, James? Yeah, if I like something, I'm a sucker for feature creep and marginal improvements. So, you know, more areas, more loot, more diversity, and, and just keeping that cool fantasy star buzz going as, like, yeah, I was, I was a big fan. Um, uh, I didn't, as someone who doesn't play a lot of PC games, I didn't bother getting the Blue Burst version for PC. And like I said, I had this very big disdain for the Xbox version since it suddenly arbitrarily uh, d- demanded that you have an online connection in order to play the uh, the game. So yeah. I skipped that one, but I that uh, but the GameCube version was, of course, something that I really uh, enjoyed because it had all it contained everything uh, about um, Fantasy Star Online, but allowed me to play on a slightly newer machine with um, better graphics. Did you ever get into battle mode? Uh, I didn't play battle mode too much just because I'm not too big on PvP. I, I like Susan, just want to be left alone to go get my loot. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of strange. I almost felt like you know when when people would hack the original game and they could hurt other players. Um, I, I actually was attacked one time and this guy stole my stuff, but uh, it just felt weird playing battle mode. I was like, you guys are my friends. I don't want to hurt you. Uh, <laughs> but then I, again, uh, oh no, what were you gonna say? I, I just love that 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 was. I mean, now in retrospect, again, it makes it makes sense as being very much ahead of the curve, but. Um, never had any interest for me. That was not what that game was about to me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will say that the temple had some of the most awesome music. It had that, uh, that epic remix of all the past fantasy star music mm-hmm. thrown together. Man, that was good. I think we ended a show with that one time just cause it was a great track, but, um, yeah, it was, it wasn't the deepest, uh, deepest area, but, um, still it was, I'm going to have to send you a copy of this album, Fantasy Star Series 25th Anniversary Sound Collection, unless you have it, of course. I don't, actually, no. It was, I believe, when I played PSO2 at TGS, um, the sort of swag that I got when I finished my demo was uh, uh, this promotional soundtrack. That would be awesome, yeah, if you could send that my way. Yep. Wasn't uh, version 2 the one that charged you, like... It was like $3, I think, a month, and if you updated, you had to pay the money to get online? Or was that a different version? Well, you, you had to have a hunter's so. license. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that only for the uh, Xbox version? I don't that, remember paying anything for the... For the, um, for the uh, for no, the you game. always had to have a hunter's license. Yeah, you had to pay, but it wasn't a lot. I remember that. It was $15 for three months. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And you could you could only buy them in blocks. Yeah. And I would I would because this is this is how I am. I would I would leave it running even when I wasn't playing <laughs> just in case I I someday went oh, I need to play PSO. <laughs> I, I would be ready to go. Yeah. I have a problem. I yeah, rebooted at least twice. The game came with a serial code, and that was that wasn't good for the for eternal playtime. You had to subscribe, right? I guess I did have a Sega Net account. I just can't remember. Yeah, the the game had a code, and I remember you could only play your save file for at least for the Dreamcast on that machine, which meant that if your Dreamcast blew up like mine did, you'd lose your character. So, mm. so yeah, guard mine blew the up Dreamcast. In an electrical storm. So. <gasps> wow. That's. <laughs> That hurts to hear. Lights went out, I heard a loud pop, and there was a spark behind the Dreamcast. I tried to turn it back on, and my level, I think it was 30 character at the time, was gone. So I had to, I like, I, I just cr- cranked out a new character and tried to catch up with all my friends. But it was not fun. That's such a bummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I only have a console that I bought, except for my Dreamcast, which is now, I actually have a bag of parts in the basement. Oh. Comprises of the, the last of the remains, but... You should make a Frankencast. Assemble a, a super a Voltron Dreamcast <laughs> from the parts of Fallen Dreamcast. I should do that. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, I, I guess uh, we've been going for about an hour here. I just I did want to briefly touch on uh, the sequel. I don't know how uh, the the legitimate sequel to the series. No episodes. No versions. I'm talking about Fantasy Star Online Two. Um, or uh, as Sega would like to say, it doesn't exist over here, even though they keep telling us it's coming out. Um, the game's exclusive to PC, Vita, and smartphones. It's uh, remained exclusive, like I said, to Japan and Southeast Asia, um, with a Western release promised. Um, they Last time they promised it was July 9th, 2012. 
Uh, and so far, they've not delivered on that. Um, but you did see their Twitter update where they responded to that dude, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the funny thing. They still, I mean, the the uh, the um, their their people still acknowledge it. They're like, well, well, we have news, but it is still coming out. You know, okay. it's funny. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. it's funny because literally a year before that, they literally emailed us when we emailed them about it. And they said, yeah, it's coming soon. We'll, you'll get info. And then a year later, they said the same exact thing on Twitter, and it pissed me off. I was like, are you serious? How long does it take? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to hit you with some insights that, uh, that may or may not be public news. But um, a- a- one insight and then one anecdote. So the thing that pisses me off about PSO not being here yet is that according to a good friend of mine who – uh, either is or used to work at Sega of Japan, who will go unnamed, of course. He told me that the localization for Fantasy Star Online 2 was essentially done. Now, that may no longer be the case because of the expansions that have come out for PSO2, but the fact that the localization was done and yet Sega sat on it, that irritates me. Mm. Now, sometimes... Publishers have really good reasons for not bringing things over. And then other times, publishers are just really, really clueless about things, and things don't get brought over as a result. I don't know what the case is, but one thing I can say is that the ecosystem might have something to do with it. And here's where, here's another entertaining anecdote. Um, So I bought PSO2 for Vita when I was living in Japan. And I just want to explain to you how much of a pain in the ass it was to add currency to it. Okay, so the the PC the PC version exists, right? The PC version existed before the, the the Vita version did. And when the Vita version came out, I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be amazing, right? It's free to play. You can just go in if you don't like it, you can bail out, but if if you want to get more out of it, you're going to invest in the game, right?" So, of course, I wanted to add uh, game currency to, to my copy of the game. And I, I bought hard copy because I wanted the perks that came with that. So in order to add, you would think because it's on Vita that you would just be able to go to PSN or whatever and add currency with your stored credit card. But you can't. Hmm. The, the thing that you have to do is if you want to add money to your, your PSO account, you have to go to a convenience store. Now, in Japan, Aww. convenience stores are everywhere, right? But still, you have to go to a convenience store. Then That's step one. Then you have to go to this... Basically, it's this multi-purpose fax machine, photocopier, e-commerce thing in the back of the, the store that lets you fax things, photocopy things, or press the touchscreen to like do all kinds of things, like pay your phone bill or get... Um, currency for various things or buy concert tickets. So basically it's this all-in-one wonder machine, but it basically looks like a big fax machine. So you go and you push a button and you say, I want to buy e-currency. Then you decide which e-currency vendor you want to use. Then you pick that one. And then you pick the amount. And then it asks you to confirm it. And then you say, yes, I want 2,000 yen by this vendor and they're like, okay, press confirm. You press confirm. It prints out a sheet. You take that sheet to the cashier. Hmm. You then pay the cashier the amount on the, the, the sheet, which is like, you know, 20 bucks, 2,000 yen. You give her the, the 2,000 yen. She goes, she prints out a ticket. 
She puts it in an envelope and gives you a receipt. Then you take that shit. Oh, my God. You're killing, you go, me. You're killing me right now. Is there now. a strategy guide for this? No. <laughs> and then, unless you have the 3G Vita, you go back to wherever your, your Wi-Fi network is with your Vita. You open up the, the menu to the appropriate to the appropriate um, function, and then you enter that uh, randomly generated number on your ticket into the game, and then it adds 20 bucks to your account. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire it's life. It's super stupid. And the Awful. thing is, I think what they've been trying to do is re-engineer the game so that it's much less stupid because they know that this is not going to fly in America right. or, or Europe. Maybe Europe, I don't know, but like definitely not America, where it's just like okay, use your debit card to like pay for this, or, or you know, just collect your, the currency in, in PSN and add like you know twenty dollars worth of gold jewels, whatever. But I think that's probably the reason why it's been taking so long. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's. I was going to say, can you imagine if you had to do that with Steam? I want to buy a game, but I got to go to the oh convenience store. Got to go to Seven <laughs> Eleven. It was so. It was. It pissed me off so bad. I spent the whole afternoon bitching at my friend about like who thinks about this. And I really wanted to get on a train. I was living in Kyoto at the time. I wanted to get on a train, take a train up to Tokyo, go to Sega HQ, and slap somebody. <laughs> I wanted to so bad. I was like, it can't be this hard. Just to, just to put. 20 bucks on my cat. And they did not have like those um, scratch off cards at the time. They may have them now, but they didn't then. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's a headache. Yeah. Major. <laughs> so, uh, Susan, have you at all gotten your hands on PSO too? I know it was nope. actually. At, no, I um, just, I, I regularly rant yeah. and just, and just inquire, just please tell me who do I have to throw money at? Yeah. Because I will. I will throw money at them. I, whatever, I, you know, I just, I have a Vita. I love my Vita. I would be more than happy to play this game on my Vita. But, uh, you know, if it's, I'm, I'm not going to a convenience store to go, you know, get my hunter's license or what have you. No. Nope. That's, that's not a thing that's going to happen. So. No. Uh, if, if it was a really cool, legit-looking hunter's license and they acted like it was... They were like, oh, I hear I hear you're going on a mission. Would would you then go to a store if they okay. really played it up? Okay, maybe. Okay, yeah. see, there yeah. you go. Like it was part of an experience, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm here for the hunter's license. Close the store. We have that. Yeah. Something. Or, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's what I'll take, because I'm not proud. Yeah. T- take the, the old game, port it to the Vita. Dude! Done. I, I've, I've been asking for that for years. I don't, I don't even need it on Vita, to be honest. I'll, I, I fully believe that an iPad can probably run that game. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Easily. Something. Any, or PSN. You know, something like that. Like, oh, my God. I was, dude, I was just trying to be, like, convenient. Make it a, a PSN game and make it so I can download it on my PS4. Like, here, I'm throwing cash. Yeah. Yeah. And then they could uh, they could charge you guys for costumes, and you guys since Susan likes costumes, if you could dress up a Raffi, I mean that's it. My money, here it is. <laughs> exactly. How much? What? Who do I make the check payable to? Yeah, oh. yep, yep. Raffi okay. costume. Hey, let yep. me ask you guys something. Are you guys um, hyped for or even aware of Fantasy Star Nova? Oh, we're hyped. Or- knows more than I do. Who me? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I do know a little. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a little. 
I'm a little – I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because it's more focused on single player, and it's like – That's it. That's it. That's why, Susan, you should be stoked. What is that? Tell, tell me. Tell me. Okay, so I know Fantasy not. Star Nova is basically like Fantasy Star Online 2 mm-hmm. offline. Okay. And it's made by Triace. Star Ocean and, guys. Yeah, the Star Ocean guys. And it That's just, not necessarily a plus in my book, but let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah, and I I downloaded the demo because the, the demo's up on um, the uh, Japanese, Japanese uh, PSN. But, um, you know, in lieu of PSO2, Fantasy Star Nova seems like it might be a kind of a Fantasy Star Zero-esque kind of substitute. I'll take it. There is multiplayer, um, but it's it's local ad hoc multiplayer, which is cool. Because so it's like, hey Susan, yeah James Milky, hey we're in the same room, let's play Fantasy Star Nova. Okay, let's get costumes, <laughs> definitely. You know, so I think that would that would be pretty cool. How many times have I you... am down? There you go. Um, the only thing I disliked about it was that they like took the graphics or whatever, and then they like they they made it look like Star Ocean, the the latest one, where it's kind of like brownish. Did True. you? I mean, I haven't played the demo, but all the trailers I've seen, it looked a little like less colorful compared to the older Fantasy Star Online games. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, I you played really... the demo, James. I mean, do, do you agree, or am I just? I, you know, I, I definitely didn't notice that, but now that you've mentioned it, I probably would go back and say, like, hmm, they did try ace it up a little bit. My problem with the with Fantasy Star Nova was that it felt really, really twitchy, whereas Fantasy Star Online mm-hmm. Two on Vita feels really classic. Like it's got that rhythm to it? Well, it just the camera turns at the right speed. You know, yeah. where, if you're used to playing Fantasy Star Online original, OG mm-hmm. styles, mm-hmm. then you, you'll like Fantasy Star Online 2. But Fantasy Star Nova feels like it's a little bit twitchier. And I don't know that if this is something that you can't fix through, um, you know, like movement settings or whatever, or camera settings. But I like the feel of PSO2 better. Well, I guess uh, that that kind of brings us toward to the end. But I, I love. I had if a you question. Guys have any? Yeah, there any other I questions? questions? I was yeah, gonna say, play. how will you rank all the re-released and different side games of Fantasy Star Online? How will you rank them as your favorites? Oh, That's... nice. Susan, you go. Oh, I, I I'm just gonna put the first one over everything else because I, it's the one I spent the most time with. It's the one that, for me, and and I am completely cheating by adding in like all the extra missions and stuff and all you know all that good stuff. Uh, the the full bodied version of it, <laughs> but it just it has my favorite locations. It has my favorite enemies. You're uh, talking about episode one and two plus. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so that for me. Yeah, I would say episode one and two plus. In fact, I've probably got like four copies of that game because. Um, <laughs> I had the original Japanese one and then the American one. And then um, when I moved to Japan, I put everything in storage. But then I had this burning desire to play those games again. And then I bought them all over again. <laughs> so I have way too many copies of that game now. That's how you but do it. It's so good, though. It's so good. I, I bought I bought a, a, a new used GameCube in Japan, bought Episode 1 and 2 Plus, and just had a, had a really good time with that. I mean... It was kind of hard to grind up from level one, uh, 
it, it's it really is hard to grind up from that level now, but um, it's still just really good. Once you hit a certain level and you've got a certain amount of decent gear, you know, it becomes a better game. It's just too bad that, you know, nobody else is playing with you. Mm. Barry? Oh, well, obviously, Fantasy Star Online, uh, I, I would say version 2, the Dreamcast one. I never... I never played the GameCube ones, and I'm sure they actually have a lot. I know they have a lot more uh, content, but version two is uh, where it's at for me, most definitely. Is the GameCube one with the split screen? Yeah, yeah. yeah four player split split screen in that game is is pretty insane. You better have a big TV. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Back in the day, like 32 inches was pretty much the max on average, I think. And it was super interlaced, you know, like if you had a Sony Vega, it had all the lines on the TV. Uh. <laughs> but it was still great. It was still great. It was still super great. So, uh, yeah, now I just... I just now I'm just thinking about because I have some ridiculous, embarrassingly large TV downstairs, and I'm like, if I hook up my GameCube and I pop in episode one, two plus, how bad is that going to look? <laughs> It's it, gonna look horrible, isn't it? It'll look pretty sketchy. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like, terrible. <laughs> you know, I won't like, care. If you have a big enough TV now, and you play four screen split screen, your screen is probably still bigger than whatever I was playing on in my office <laughs> back in two thousand and one. Likely. <laughs> How about you, George? Oh, uh, I, I have a soft spot for Blue Burst. Uh, it's just basically the game with a new episode, I guess episode four they called it. And uh, it was in great areas. I think it was like a desert and like I forgot what the other one was. But I beta t- I well, kind of beta tested. They were doing a server stress thing. and So we got to play for months for free. And I remember everybody I would talk to online like about the game, they were like, yeah, I'm on it too. So we would all just play. And that was the first time I played with those people. So... It was pretty interesting. Then they charged uh, whatever they charged. I forgot how much it was. It was like $10 a month. So I didn't think it was worth $10 a month to play a game that I played before for free. But, yeah. but it, it, was, it, was, it was a good experience. It was nice playing it on a PC and uh, having decent-looking graphics. Yeah, it was. But uh, now the game is like on Blue uh, still. The, Blue Burst is supported by uh, some third-party things. So I guess I could technically play it if I want to, but... I haven't yeah, I haven't had like, the urge to play it this so far. Yeah. Yeah, they have that server, right? Like C S C H something 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 server. Yeah, and I remember when Bluebirds came out, if you mentioned that server you were banned. That's it. Really? Yeah, they did not want anybody talking about it. Wow. Yeah, they weren't happy about it, but I think they don't care anymore. You know, I was just looking up information on Fantasy Star Nova just for our mutual benefit. And the game has been announced, of course, for for Japan Mm -hmm. and Taiwan. Yeah, they uh, they announced it's coming out in China. So is, uh, well, Taiwan, yeah. So is Fantasy Star Zero, I mean, Yakuza Zero and um, some other game. I forgot what the other one was. But they're like, forget North America, forget that little niche. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Oh, it boy. sucks. Yeah, George, do you remember when we tried to do that contest for Fantasy Star Online 2 uh, beta codes for the uh, Southeast Asian release? Oh, we're yeah, like, and, then they, and they're like, yeah, it's in English. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm talking to the PR person. And I'm like, all right, we're finally going to be able to play it in English. And then they're like, yeah, but you have to be from uh, Southeast Asia or VIP block. So yeah. <laughs> it was oh, pretty God. useless. 
checked our analytics, saw that zero people from Southeast Asia uh, frequent our site. So <laughs> yeah, it was, awesome. it was a terrible giveaway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess to to end things on a positive note, maybe we could all go around and say um, what what would be a good final thing, maybe. One thing that Fantasy Star Online uh, uh, presented to us or allowed us to experience that has not been replicated elsewhere ever since. Maybe that's a nice fitting emotional kind of uh, final question. Um, Susan, would you like to answer that? Wow, gosh. Um, You know, honestly, and and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, this is what I'm hoping Destiny becomes. Like when I played Destiny, this was the vibe I got, was the PSO vibe was just enough story to give you a reason to be going to these various locations and then shooting everything and getting loot. (laughs) And, you know, uh, Destiny is still very bare bones and you can't give away any of your items and uh, the economy is a little wonky. Um, But I, I think, like, the bare bones are there to have that same experience. Like, PSO, for me, I just... What it did for me... And it hit me at a time in my gaming life where I became an expert about it. And I and that, that wasn't something that had ever happened to me before. I loved this game so much that I knew everything. You know, I at where every item was, every every mission. I knew the layout of the maps. I knew like, you know, oh, did you want to raise your mag to be able to do the the elk patronus? Here's what you should be feeding it. Like I knew all of that stuff because I just loved the game and the lore and the details and the minutiae. I loved it so much. And not many games have done that for me since then. Um uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion is the one that came closest, I think, in the interim. Um, and that's what I'm kind of hoping Destiny becomes for me at some point, is that game that I just love just being in it. <laughs> like, even though this is my my this is my job now, um, that as a fan, I just, just being in that space makes me happy. Nice. And James? Uh, can, can you rephrase the question? Like, you're asking if uh... one thing that uh, I guess the game brought to you uh, as a gamer that no other game has presented to you since and that you maybe you'd like to see again if that's uh, a little too broad I don't know Hmm. I mean like for me like the things that I really loved about PSO were really like sort of feature specific like mags and stuff like that and of course PSO brings back mags um and i mean the things that i want are not going to happen you know what i would like is a is a is an offline action rpg that i can take online i mean you know in a weird way dark souls does it right i mean you can't form a party in mm-hmm. dark souls but you can go online or you can interact with people in a sort of weird passive I'm not sure exactly how meaningful way, um, but well, except for when people invade your space, <laughs> then <laughs> it comes altogether different. But um, I really like that. I, I like that sense of community. When when Fantasy Star Online servers went down, I really felt like something that I really enjoyed had, had been taken away from me, and I was pissed about that. Um, and I remember when I first saw um, trailers of of 
Capcom's Monster Hunter at a Monster Hunter Media Day, I felt like, ooh, this could be the thing that replaces PSO for me. And despite how huge Monster Hunter is in Japan, I ne have never gotten the same feelings playing Monster Hunter that I did playing PSO. Um, nor have I gotten that feeling playing Fantasy, Final Fantasy XI or fourteen. I mean, I love each of those games uh, for their own merits, but mm -hmm. I think what I really want more than anything is for Sega to bring back that, that PSO feeling, and I think the only way they're going to do it is either by giving us that port of the original PSO that Susan and I want very much, or bring out PSO2. Yeah. How about yourself, George? What, uh, something that Fantasy Star has done that like no other game's really done? Yeah. I'm or, trying to think, like, a lot of the things I really liked about Fantasy Star was, uh, even though I I think everybody just played as the, what, the, what was the one with the, the melee combat? Um, was it just a hunter? What are they called? Are you th talking about the Humar? Yeah, there you go. So, like, Hunt, okay, they had, male. like, different classes. They had robots. They had, like, and I then they had some... I you I did not play as a hunter human male. <laughs> and <laughs> I play as Even a woman all the time. As a woman character. <laughs> no. But, um, um, you can shoot. There's a magic. It just feels like when I play Destiny, it's like, oh, well, they're all, they all shoot stuff. Like... I have to, like, shoot stuff. You know, there's a warlock and all these stuff. They do little differences in a hunter. But it's, like, mm -hmm. in the end of the day, it's a sh shooting. So imagine, if, like, I like that Fantasy Star Online did this, I guess, class system where they, they're they all kind of different. Not that they mm -hmm. were great, but they were they But there was more variety. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. They, yeah. had, they had more variety, and it was, like, the beginning of online gaming. I mean, I think there's something that nobody's really delivered on consoles so far, I think. Yeah. That I could think of. Yeah, I guess if, if I were to pick uh, on a technical level and on a release level, I really liked how Fantasy Star Online, um, the first first game released within a month from the Japanese version in America and within a month in Europe. So it really felt like uh, it was rare to be on the same page as Japan and Europe with a game. There wasn't some crazy release uh, uh, distance between each region. Um, and also with the, um, with the symbol chat and the simple chat, you could... Uh, really converse with people for the first time in other countries, you know, and nowadays you're like, oh yeah, some guy from Japan retweeted me. But back then it was, you were, you were talking to someone from Japan and Puerto Rico and, you know, from any part of the world and they were all there. And that's something that I feel like, um, you know, some games, they still do that, but I, I think the novelty has really worn off. And I think a lot of times too, they'll segment people, you know, if people go, oh man, I can't get on the Japanese servers with the, what game am I trying to think of? Um, the Mad World sequel. Um, um, anarchy reigns. Yeah, anarchy reigns. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's on a technical level, and I guess to to second what James said too, it's it's a hard question to answer just because there's this PSO feel that's never re been truly replicated, even by yeah. the sequels and the uh, especially. I mean, we never mentioned Card Revolution, but that definitely did not replicate the PSO feel, in my opinion. I love that <laughs> game, and I stand by it. <laughs> but no, it is it is. It is, it is its own beast. It its is own beast, not a exactly. Yeah. It was I'm, like a knife in my eyes. <laughs> that's fair. I can't argue. I can't. I, mean, I love it. You cannot argue that it's a I knife can't. in my eyes. I cannot. I'm actually surprised uh, that uh, the card game didn't get like ported to like a mobile game, a mobile system. I mean, even Nintendo has uh, ported over their Pokemon game to uh, – their card game to uh, iOS. I mean – 
Yeah, it would. Be, oh my god, that would work on iOS so it would really well. Work on iPad for sure. Yeah. You know, when I was looking for um, the, the episode one and two plus uh, for GameCube in Japan, it's really hard to find. You don't find that at like a used game store generally. You have to go to the specialty shops or online, and it almost always costs like a, the equivalent of seventy bucks or more. However. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for episode three card battle, you can find that for like literally two bucks everywhere. You want me to get you a few copies the next time I'm in Japan? No problem. <laughs> They're giving them away. Definitely says a lot about the original game. Well, hey, it was it was an honor to talk about PSO with uh, three fellow fans and to uh, meet both you, and, uh, Susan, and James. Um, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us for over an hour about a awesome game like PSO. Likewise, thanks for having us on. Thanks yeah. for giving me an excuse to talk about PSO. Absolutely. So um, I'll do the official sign-off from the show. This is me, Barry, and uh, with me, my co-host, George, saying goodbye. Goodbye. And uh, thank you, Susan and James. Bye. Farewell, and see you soon. Bye.